Welcome to the Socialista Podcast, a collection of stories from Las Vegas creatives. My name's Brianna, and I'm going to be your guide to the city of Las Vegas, where I will be unveiling the stories of all of our amazing creatives, makers, entrepreneurs, and community changers. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Socialista Podcast. I am very excited to have here with me today Kelly Bennett who is the creative director and restaurant partner of Vegination and the founder and owner of With Braith Company. So Kelly, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thank you so much. I'm very excited about this. Yes, me too. So I'm going to jump right into it. So I want to talk about where you originally are from and what growing up was like. Sure. So I'm originally from Long Island, New York. East Coast. East Coast. Yeah. And growing up in a nutshell... I always felt a bit different and I always felt like I was just watching the world and I wasn't necessarily engaging in the world because there was something that was missing that like got my interest. So whenever I would go into like New York City and I would um, see different people and cultures and just the vibe, I'm like, wow, that's that's the energy I want to be in. Mm. And I always had this feeling that I wanted to be a business owner. I always had a feeling that I wanted to do something for the social good. And again, that wasn't necessarily the conversation that was being had. I was born in 85, so I am millennial, but a little bit older. Mm. And the idea of using business for social good, it, it just wasn't a thing yet. Right. So I remember going through school, and I'm dyslexic. And it just kept showing up like undiagnosable learning disorder. So I was in special reading classes. I was labeled as one of the kids who needed to go to the special resource room. And like that would mess with my head. And I was just like, no, I am smart. It's just in this format and context of this education system, I'm not doing so well. So it was like I had all these feelings of like, no, I have so much to do in the world. I want to create change. But I just didn't have the vocabulary and I also just, my writing and my reading was very poor so I just wasn't able to articulate myself. But I just had it in my head that I would go to college, study business, travel the world, do good and I've been on that path ever since. So um, everything just in my growing up years, like this is what I've been talking about, like my life now. So it's really cool. Um, but for a really long time, no one understood what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> growing definitely. up. Yeah, well, like you said, at, at such a young age, and you know, you said you were going um, through these like special classes. Yeah. And put you in because they didn't really understand. And at that time, even growing up into the '90s, um, when I was in school, that wasn't something that was really talked, talked about, about as well. Yeah. So I can imagine how trying to articulate yourself, wanting to do better, and wanting to do not just better for the social good, but for yourself probably was something a little it bit was really frustrating yeah yeah I can imagine so um, why don't you take me through what you did after high school sure so it, well senior year of high school everyone's applying for colleges yeah. and I was kept getting denied because I didn't do well on the SATs and again 
standardized tests, like, I just don't do well. So yeah. I'm like, holy shit, I'm not getting in anywhere. All my friends are getting into all these schools. And even my guidance counselor was like, hey, Kelly, I don't think college is for you. I think you should learn a trade. Like, you're good at makeup. Just go to makeup school. Kind of call it a day. And I was like, no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to go to business school, and I want to be a business person. And, like, I was just so determined. So the one school that lets basically everyone in, it's a community college. I'm like, done. I'll go there. I got accepted. And I was a geek. I signed up for like 18 credits and cut off my long blonde hair, dyed it black, got cardigans, got new glasses, and sat in the front row of all the classes. I'm like, I'm going to be a business person. And I just studied my ass off. So that was like when I was 18, boom. I had a little car, a Daewoo Lanos. That was just a ridiculous car. And I would drive to school like an hour back and forth every day. Wow, an hour. Yeah, it was like an hour, 45 minutes an hour. I would just go to school back and forth and just camp out the whole day and just had this fire inside of me of doing what I want to do. And no matter who said I couldn't do it or what school I was at, I was going to make the most of it. So that was, since I'm 18, I've been on that path. And that was like, I remember just in my head, like graduating high school, I'm like, okay, this is the last day for the rest of my life. I'm going to keep it moving and I'm going to prove that I could do it. Definitely. So do you think um, that quality in you, that entrepreneurial quality, is that something you think was inspired by family or just because of what you were going through in school really I would say a lot of things like New Yorkers in general I feel are very entrepreneurial yes because the hustle uh, hustle, um, everyone has like a side hustle and it's expensive to live there so like (laughs) everyone has a side hustle and my mom is very entrepreneurial growing up my mom had multiple businesses and my dad owned a few businesses so they were very entrepreneurial, middle class, making it work yeah. um, type of vibe. And I saw their hustle and like how, especially my mom and my aunt sell. They're like amazing salespeople. And I would see how they were doing it. I'm like, damn, they're like magical creatures. Like they're able to sell yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. So I always um, love that. So I've taken like that inspiration, just to, done it in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, different types of sales that they were doing but yeah I I was I was raised in that uh, environment of having businesses being entrepreneurial um, and making it work like whatever you have or whatever you're seeking to um, make in the world like you'll figure it out you'll make it happen like yeah you can't just sit back like you have to work for it so that was always ingrained in me yeah definitely I mean that story of like self-perseverance yes is I think really key to your story that's really really amazing I love that yeah no definitely so why not you talk me through how you actually came to Vegas what brought you here yeah so again my parents uh, hustling working really hard for years. My mom owned up to like four businesses at one time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you know what? We are tired. <laughs> like, yeah. We want a chiller life. We don't want the cold anymore. Oh, yeah. So we have family and we had family in Vegas. So we okay. every year we were coming to Vegas. So like from when I'm five years old, I was hanging out at slot machines on like summer break. Yeah. And um, which call it. So they were like, we're going to move to Vegas. And it was like, you can move to Vegas too 
and you could go to school at UNLV or you're going to have to figure out how to make it in New York on your own. And I was 20. And I was like, oh, well, well, for sure go to Vegas. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that sounds a little insane. I'm not ready for that yet. So my ass went to Vegas. And, uh, yeah, I, I got into UNLV and studied all the business courses I could get. And I didn't have any friends. I only knew my younger sister, who also was studying at UNLV. And I just nerded out and I just would hang out in the library like day and night, seven days a week, and just learning as much as possible again uh, with business. But yeah, I didn't really hang out really in Vegas that much <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when I, I first got here. Yeah, you're like, just get to my studies. Yeah, just get my studies. And I felt like such a different person, like mm-hmm. coming from New York and just like culturally and the way I spoke yeah. and the way I dressed. I just felt so different. And I was like, you know what? I don't even have time to be different, like, I I right. was on that path of, like, making uh, my ideas come true and, like, creating the manifestation on my thesis, so I was just, like, hyper-focused on that. So, what was that transition like for you? Because I'm also from the East Coast, and I'm, oh, okay. yeah, from New Jersey, so oh, fun. about two okay. hours from Long Island. Cool. Um, but definitely, just culturally, mm-hmm. the East Coast, that area to here is so different so different and just the way you talk and you um you know talk with people and collaborate with them i think is totally different it is very very different so how was that transition like from new york city to here for you very bumpy really yeah it was really bumpy i felt like a, an, a just an outsider for a really long time mm-hmm. um yeah it was really bumpy and uh, honestly because it was so awkward, <laughs> uh, it was the reason why I decided to study abroad for the first time. Because okay. I went to my guidance counselor and I'm like, where is the furthest place in the world I could go from Vegas? And we literally worked, looked at a world map. And I put my finger on Vegas. He's like, well, there's a program in Chengdu, China. Oh, and wow. it's like literally like the opposite side of the world. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I signed up and that was the first time, well, second time I lived abroad. But it, I did it through UNLV. But really, yeah. I t- some people think I was studying Chinese to be like super smart or like educated, which it evolved to that. But mm-hmm. honestly, the the main reason why I left and went literally to the other side of the world is because I was just so unhappy here. Yeah, it was just inside of me. I was just right. unhappy um, with myself. Really, like mm-hmm. I just felt so strange and awkward and weird that I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go somewhere where I'm obviously weird and clunky yeah. and strange and I'll just make it work right. um, but that's how I studied abroad in China wow yeah so was China your first study abroad because you mentioned yeah I too. studied abroad uh three times three so times. the first time wow. yeah I just kept going places yeah um the first time was in London I was originally so when I first studied starting business studying business yeah. I was studying fashion merchandising because I thought okay if I could learn how the business end of retail is I could sell product and like yeah. and learn it that way. However, the social consciousness and how products are sourced and I again I didn't have the vocabulary what we call now conscious consumerism mm-hmm. and ethical sourcing yeah, it wasn't fair trade. Really it wasn't really much of a thought or a yeah, concept. Then. It wasn't really a concept or in the education and I was trying to explain it to professors and no one really got me and and the fashion industry could be really superficial if you will yeah and I just felt really uncomfortable too but I did study abroad first at London I worked at uh, Europe's largest retailer there 
and um, that was just a cool experience. Realized that fashion wasn't for me, but uh, yeah, so London, uh, London was first, and then I studied in China. So what was that um, change like for you? Because you transitioned from New York City to um, Vegas at UNLV mm-hmm. and then went into London and then yes. abroad China. So what were those cultural differences like for you and just transitioning, being pretty young? Yeah, when I first studied abroad, I was 19. Okay. And I really stuck out. Like, talk about, like, from a Long Island girl with a thick accent (laughs) to (laughs) proper British retailers. I mean, like, literally royalty shopped where I worked and, like, the most wealthy people in the world. And, like, I fell down the escalator on the first day and my shoe got caught in the sidewalk. And, like, I'm just, like, a quirky person and I just totally didn't fit in I, I knocked down a display of like all these really expensive wallets and like I long story short I was put um all my friends worked in like women's shoes perfume da, da, da. I was put in the men's trousers department because okay. they were like okay you're obviously a hot mess you're not very proper you're gonna have to sell pants uh to old British men for your internship, and I'm like, okay, fair enough, yeah. fair enough, because I, yeah, it was really funny, but I also just had a really good time, and it was the first time I ever, like, left the United States, the first yeah. time I ever lived somewhere without my family, so it was just a really good learning lesson, but yeah, definitely stuck out there, um, China, for sure, I mean, literally, it's changed a lot, but where I lived in China, in uh, Chengdu, in the Sichuan province, Mm-hmm. There was, like, no white people, no foreigners, um, no one of color. Like, it was insane. Yeah. It was mostly Han Chinese. There were some minority groups. Um, where I went to school, there was more minorities. A lot of Tibetans lived in that community, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it was Han Chinese, and they never saw a white person, or they never saw a foreigner. So it was funny like in the sense that uh, people would just come up to you and want to take photos with you and give give you their babies to take yeah. photos with Being you like a novelty. yeah it was like a status to have like a, a friend a foreigner friend or mm-hmm. I was an English teacher too when I was over there so it was very interesting but I, I digged it it was cool but also it was there that I saw how much we have, how many resources that I have. And then again, it was like connecting back to my thesis of like, you could use business for social good. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have a laptop. I have an iPhone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, like so many people don't have access to this. I, I It was like my biggest motivation to keep moving forward mm. um, because I saw how many how many resources I had while living there yeah so that was like probably the biggest takeaway yeah definitely it seems like a really eye-opening experience yes to say the least yeah Yeah. so after your study abroad going back to UNLV um talk me through like going through graduation and kind of like your first positions out of yeah so I actually went back to China so collectively I lived there for like a year and I was in an earthquake when the second time I was there. Oh my god. Yeah, and 100,000 people died around the area I lived in, but we were in the basin, so we were fine. Yeah. And that was, was really this? trippy. 2008. 2008. Um, yeah. I feel like I vaguely remember. Yeah, it was really wild. Like, I lived um, under my friend's table, uh, dining room table for a week. We didn't know if we were going to have food and water. Um, everyone was just freaking out, but 
we ended up being okay, but on the other side of the mountain, 100,000 people died, and we it's were the safe crazy. haven. So, like, yeah, so at, when I was leaving there, like, literally over a million people lived on our sidewalks because they lost everything. So that was really startling, but also um, the moment that I like deeper devoted myself to my mission. And I remember during the earthquake, I didn't know if we were gonna live or die. I didn't know if the buildings were gonna start collapsing around us because we felt the earth shake, like, and we ran and tried to get um, shelter. And I remember just praying by a rock just sitting by a rock and be like, God, Buddha, baby Jesus, you know, Elmo, I don't know, yeah, anyone, sorry. everybody, everybody, <laughs> like, please, like, if I make it, my friends make it, I swear I will dedicate my life to doing good in the world and helping people live their dreams. And, um, and again, I didn't speak the language that well, and especially when you're so scared, you don't articulate uh, very well at all and then thinking in a foreign language you're like holy shit like what is going on and then someone came up to me in perfect English and where I live no one spoke English came up to me he said you're gonna be okay walked away well I turned to my friend to tell her and the lady disappeared and so I'm like okay we're gonna be okay and then um, it was a few months that I stayed there saw what was happening went back to the United States to finish up a few courses and then uh, graduate. Okay. So by the time I graduated, I had such a fire under my ass to do what I was doing and seeing all that I'd been through and how much I had. It almost was like uh, suffocating in a way because I'm like, oh my God, I put so much pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. But... I was just like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of emotions um, when I was graduating. And then um, the first job that I got was at an ad agency. Okay. And that's where I got into social media. Yes. Yeah. So I was working there. They did mostly casino marketing. So I was learning that business. And I'm like, for sure, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But the social media was really cool. And like Twitter was just becoming popular. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at it and like seeing how people were connecting and how people were having conversations and how people were able to spread information. I'm like, yeah, this is the tool to spread social good. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the ad agency didn't think so. They saw it as a way to like sell casino comps or some shit like right. that. So we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on it, but I remember going to a marketing mixer and I happened to meet, the marketing director of the MGM Grand on the Strip, and uh -huh. uh, we were just talking, and she just liked my energy. She was an Asian American. I was telling her how I lived in China, and we were just honestly just getting to know each other. And she brought it up. She goes, "You know, do you think Twitter is going to be a thing? Do you think that like social media is important?" And I'm like, "Yeah, social media is important." And I was just getting into it, and she's like, "All right, I'm gonna, I want you to set up our social media." I'm like, "Oh, cool." So that was my first gig at the ad agency getting the MGM grant on Twitter and then I'm like oh shit I have to really learn how to do it and <laughs> so I like stayed up day and night learning about Twitter and um, yeah that was my first gig and then I short uh, soon after quit actually and I went back to New York City because okay. um, I again I had this feeling like I need to be more around people who get what I'm going after. Right. 
And I knew if I stayed in more of that conventional structure of marketing and advertising, it was going to suffocate me. Yeah. So that was like my last quote-unquote professional job. And that was like maybe six months after graduation. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've been being an entrepreneur ever since, like, you know, starting my own businesses and doing different things and having, like, side jobs here and there. But really, that was uh, my last real gig. Yeah, definitely. So what did you end up doing in New York City, and then why did you come back? Yeah, I came back and forth quite a few times. Okay. (laughs) Um... Why did I leave the first time? Honestly, I was just so fed up with being in this like conventional restraints of advertising and marketing, and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, because I ended up graduating with five degrees altogether. Five degrees? Yeah. What were those? I, I said, well, I stayed in school for like six years. Okay. And studying abroad a bunch of times and stuff. So it was an associates in business administration, then a bachelor's in marketing, bachelor's in international business a minor in psychology, and then a minor in Chinese language. Wow. So I'm like, well, I have all these degrees. Yeah. I'm going to go back to New York City. They're going to think I'm, like, the coolest girl ever and get, like, a really cool marketing job and, like, change the world. No. No one was hiring my ass. They were like, yeah. Because in New York, it's just so competitive. They're yes. like, yeah, that person has five. Like, Everyone else on this line has five degrees. Like, what else do you bring to the table? And just my portfolio wasn't built up that much. I was just out of school, and I'm like, oh, shit. So I ended up living with friends of mine who just had a newborn baby in their spare bedroom, and I would take the train into New York City. The only gig I could get was an unpaid internship for a tea company doing their social media. Cost me a grand, honestly, just to like do this internship. Right. Um, the lady screwed me out of money. She was supposed to pay me at the end. Never paid me. Bounced a check. I was living out of my friend's house, and I was like, "What is life? Like this can't yeah. be life." So I did a few other um, gigs when I was there, working for different companies. Mm-hmm. Worked at a sock firm for a minute, and I was just like really upset that it wasn't working out. So I ended up coming back to Vegas for a while and then I would go yeah I went back and forth back and for a while what yeah we could keep going with that <laughs> it, uh, and then I came back to Vegas and honestly it was that I believe it was that trip back to Vegas I started learning about what was happening downtown like the conversations were just getting started yeah and I'm like okay this is kind of cool but it was like my dad telling me about it. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I can't tell what's hot in the streets by my dad. You know what I'm saying? Right, I was just yeah. like, no. But I would like come and hang out a little bit. And I met someone on Twitter who was like super involved in the downtown community. So I like tweeted at him. I was like, hey, can you show me around? And he did. So I started getting a sense of um, what was happening. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool just meeting people and telling people my thesis and they were it was probably the first time that I met people and they got it right away and they were like yep that's what we're trying to do too and I was like wow this is really cool so in the interim of all this I went back to New York another time Um, I actually went on vacation never left I came back a year later because I had this sense that there was this conscious lifestyle community that I needed to live with Uh uh-huh ended up finding them on Craigslist. 
I lived on an urban farm in New York City and we grew our own food and we started a CSA and we had chickens and bees. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And then uh, there I started more consulting with social media and brands mm-hmm. that are social good. And then I came back to New York and then back to Vegas um, working on, with Chef Donald on Vegination, the business concept. Then I left again. And I'm like, call me uh, when um, <laughs> you're ready to rock and roll when you have the space. And he called me um, like a year later, really, kind of. And he was like, hey, Kelly, I got the space. Come back. And I left a week later. And I haven't been back since. So I've been here for three years now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I, what I love. That was a lot in a. But it, it makes sense. No, it, no, no, it, definitely. It, it shapes the context of the yeah. craziness. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I love um, when anybody mentions, because, uh, like, Diana had lived here. She's been back for a couple years now. And yeah. just um, people who've kind of split their time here or either grown up here, they always explain that the transition from, I guess, not being so happy here, there wasn't really anything going on, and mm-hmm. then the, um, the revolution of Vegas was happening here downtown yeah so definitely I love hearing that and then um you said you got involved with Vegination yes so can you um describe what you do at Vegination what the overall mission is of Vegination sure so yeah Chef Donald he had this vision for Vegination for even like five years before I even met him and that was even five years ago when I did meet him so he's had this vision for like over 10 years okay He's born and raised in the restaurant industry. He was working on his dad's food truck before he would go to first grade. Like, he's, oh. like, hardcore. He's from New York, too. He's from Staten Island. Cool. And he's an awesome chef. And he, um, unfortunately, was diagnosed with cancer 10 years ago. And he was like, can I cruise? Yeah, you're okay. fine. <laughs> uh, he was like, fuck that. I'm not going to... Um, die of cancer like yeah. it's not happening I have young kids I have a wife that needs me no this is not happening he went vegan he started meditating taking care of himself stopped drinking soda he did like one treatment and his cancer has been in remission so he was like I need to start a restaurant that sells food that will help other people do this and so he had this vision he called it vegination he said there's going to be a living green wall inside the restaurant we're going to have reggae music it's going to be a restaurant for the people, and um, it's going to be awesome. And he had this vision, and he was pitching it to Downtown Project. He had heard me speak at an event. He got my information. He called me. He's like, hey, it's Donald. I heard you talk. You're going to be my partner. Uh, I need a business plan in two days. I'll meet you at the beat tomorrow. And I'm like, who the hell is this? <laughs> Wait, what are you what? What? how everyone used to meet at the beat yeah. coffee shop. <laughs> and we met at the beat coffee shop. I met him. I'm like, I'm in. So I signed up to be his creative director of the brand. And we've been working with each other ever since. And that's like five years. Wow. Yeah. And um, so I'm creative director. So basically I'm in charge of responsible for creating the brand, the brand experience. Yes. And that's an all-encompassing from the voice of the brand, how it looks, how it feels, how it's experienced at every touch point that uh, someone in the community will touch the brand. So from our social media, Mm -hmm. emails, uh, marketing campaigns, video content, 
um, when they come to the door at Vegination, the stickers, the garden, the light fixture, like the whole bit, uniforms for the team, um, internal culture creating, um, what else do I do? Working on the operations so that we have the proper structures in place so that the brand can be delivered properly and the experience that we're seeking mm -hmm. um, is more sustainable and easier to deliver on. Um, yeah, just doing a lot of things that I think are often overlooked. Yeah. And I'm still working on how to even articulate being a creative director because it is so encompassing. Yeah. And um, it's still a fairly new term in this market. If you go to New York or Los Angeles, San Francisco, like being a creative director, it's a little bit more um, popular. Mm -hmm. Here it's still relatively new, and I remember when I even got my business card, so many, I was like one of the first people in this market here that was using that term, and no one knew what the hell I was talking about. I'm like, that's fine, I'm used to that, like, yeah, you'll right. see, like, don't worry about it. But yeah, basically in charge of, like, everything from the voice of the brand to setting up media and PR and um, community outreach and creating partnerships with people in the community, um, working with influencers, mm -hmm. um, yeah, all the things. Yeah, it seems you really embody the the brand itself, Vegination. Like yeah. you are. Whenever like I go on the Instagram or Instagram stories, like you're yeah. always right there. Obviously, that's your job. But I'm like, whenever I think of Vegination, I think a lot of people will say this too. They think of you. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I I'm really grateful for the opportunity. And then um, I legally became a restaurant partner of Vegination last year. Yeah. So that was really cool. Congrats. And after that too, like really taking ownership yeah. of um, being a restaurant partner mm -hmm. and learning the restaurant business. That's not the space I came from. I came from marketing business right. world and then plugging in my creative methodology, like this kind of weird quirky thing that I do to build brands and um, market things and sell cool things plugging that into a restaurant, so learning the restaurant industry as well. That's what I'm really focused on now, too. Um, but yeah, Chef, he's the visionary behind it, and I'm so honored that he um, wanted to work with me to uh, be responsible for making his vision come to life, so. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, I really need to get him on next. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's like, I think of him as a part of my family now. Like, he's just um, one of the best people I know and he really restored my faith in just working with others working yeah. with men um you know it's hard sometimes when you're a young woman in business and you yeah. have so many ideas and you're out there and like people for a long time were like oh you're so cute you have cute ideas like just hug a tree but learn how right. to sell things like it's never gonna work and he was a really one of probably the first people that was like no I get what you're doing um I originally came on as a consultant now I'm a partner, but right. um, independent contractor, and I'm like, this is how my business works. This is you know how I roll and stuff. And he's like, done. I just want you on. So he mm. was the one that really um, got my whole business really started yeah. in the evolution of what it is now. I've done a lot of different things. I had a blog and different media company and stuff like that. But he was the one that really helped kickstart my overall company that I have now and the vision that I had for my business. He was my 
my big breakthrough. Yeah. So I'm forever, forever, forever grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. Well, what I love about Vegination, just from seeing it on the outside, it's that you guys really are involved with the community. Yes. And very into collaborating with other locals and creatives here in Vegas. Yes. So why do you think that's so important? So we wanted to frame the restaurant as a community-based restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I never heard someone explain a restaurant like that. And I was like, well, that would be cool. And that just explains what we're seeking to do and really with the whole vibe of the downtown project and they invested in us and just what was going on downtown like everyone was saying community 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 right and so we're like okay let's do a restaurant that is for the community and it's based in the community chef from the beginning wanted to use locally sourced coffee and tea and herbs and i'm like i love that so he really had a lot of these ideas and just then working with local roasters we use frankly good coffee blooming desert herb farm does our teas um and like that community partner wall that you see in both locations telling the story that it's not just us like we are Mm -hmm. also part of this bigger community and when you eat at vegetation you're actually supporting five other small businesses yeah now it's grown even more like I think we have like 15 small businesses that we work with globally, um, some nationally, but you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, I, I've always wanted to show Vagination as an example of a business that as it grows and becomes more successful, it's also raising up a community. Mm-hmm. It's also creating a stronger conscious economy and it's keeping money within an economy to create more jobs and to just create more prosperity for the local market that it's in. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I love so much. I, I think even with the like the shop small, shop yes. local movement yes. is so key. And I think a lot of people are now kind of understanding why it's important to have a conscious business. Yeah. And I know you're really about having a sustainable business with your own business with mm-hmm. Brave Company. So can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of yeah. course. So... It's interesting. For a long time, I was just a personal brand. Well, not just, but a personal brand. People knew me as Kelly Bennett, but it was, they knew me from all different things because I've tried so many different things. I had a vegan website that I created, won awards, got me in the Huffington Post, national television. Wow. And then selling it. Yeah. And then, because it's, people just know me from all different things, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, And then some people, I have a journal line that will be coming out called Manifest Journal and, um, I've been doing that for years, so some people have taken my online classes of journaling. So people are like, oh, she's a journal maker. And just like, she does social media and she does branding and now she has a partner in a restaurant. Like, what? Whoa, there's a lot going on. So just being Kelly Bennett, being a human, I'm like, okay, to help me really create a structure and be another example of a community-based business, being a sustainable business, leveraging what you bring to the table from a service-based business model, but then putting it into a B2B, B2C business model that's easier to sustain and leverage what you bring to the table, but put it into different contexts. I wanted to then create a company that would just focus on that. So with Brave Company, I'm shaping it as a creative studio that will be online and then offline. So hopefully one day 
it will manifest again into an actual studio space like we're sitting in right now. Yeah. And in the interim of that will be an online creative studio. So I'm working on my website now. And basically we have workshops that I teach. In the future, I'd like to bring on other creative experts to teach workshops. Um, I have live workshops. I have online workshops. Right. And then soon I'll be live streaming the uh, the in-person workshops too. So I'm working on that. Yeah. So, because um, it's cool because through all, all the years of doing social media and blogging and all that stuff, I have so many friends that are living abroad. Like, a lot of people are outside yeah. of this market. So, I'm working on that. And then, so that's the workshops. And then I have a shop. And that will be my journal line that will come in, be coming out. Um, a workbook that I'm coming out with. A book. Um, Ooh, all products. Excited. Yeah, all products that I create or collaborate and partner on. Cool. So, that will be the shop part. Then I have my blog that um, will be rolling out by the end of this month. And it's basically the behind the scenes of being a creative director, creating mm-hmm. brands, creating um, products, creating community events, um, being a human, living consciously. I just want to talk about all of that stuff again. I miss blogging. Yeah. It, it was just last year, just got so much though. I was going to start it last year and then I stopped it. And I'm the type of person, like, when I'm ready to start fresh, I like burn everything else down to like start again. Yeah. So I like took it down everything else and I'm like, no, I have to start fresh. So that would be my blog. And then um, I have pop up events that I do in partnership with local friends of mine, like Ashley of Sister House Collective. Um, we have something called the downtown wellness market that we throw, which is really fun. So things like that, different collaborations. Um, and then I have partnerships where like Vegination is a partner. Um, so I signed on as their creative director and, um, looking forward to also growing that as well. Different, um, opportunities that are percolating that, um, potentially become a partner in and then plug in my creative direction to, And then on the workshop side for small business owners who aren't at the place of partnering or investing in that, Mm -hmm. um, I have one-on-one workshops where people could come, meet for an hour, hour and a half, and then have a creative director look over what they're seeking to create in their business, in their brand. I give them creative direction, and then they could use that roadmap to... uh, start and sustainably grow their brand. Yeah, I love that. And I know, um, well, this episode is going to be coming out in February. So the workshop that you have, um, how to start and sustainably grow your brand in 2018, that'll be over. But um, can you describe a little bit what you plan on doing that, what you plan on discussing, and how small business owners can take some steps, excuse me, take some steps to become a sustainable brand? Sure. So what I mean by that is... Well, it's twofold. It's kind of a play on words. So being a sustainable brand, being ethical, sourcing um, ethically, um, putting yourself in a position where it's not easier, but like more simply to grow and leverage and just like breaking down of like how to really scale your business. Yeah. For a small business owner, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This isn't when you're ready to like go to five million. This is like you have one product and you started an Etsy shop, but you really want to create it into a small business that you could do pop-up events and yeah. Right. 
So that's really the, the group of people that I'm speaking to. But also it's a play on the lifestyle part of it because I, I like to yeah. think about creative direction for brands and people. Definitely. So on the human side of how can you organize your day to help you feel more in sync, more aligned, feeling good as you're growing your business. So what can you do for your morning rituals? What can you do in the afternoon? Just like some life hacks, if you will, Yeah. on how to feel good as you're growing your brand. Because being an entrepreneur, being a trailblazer, blazer, change maker, like we are really, and especially in our local market here, we're really writing a new script right. of how things are done. And that could be really stressful and it could be really lonely and it could just feel like shit at times mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that this is a magic potion that you'll never feel stressed out anymore but this is stuff that I've really applied in my life and 2017 was probably one of the most challenging uh, years of my whole entire life and it's things that I learned from that experience of how I kept going how I was able to go through like just like some shit some really like straight up shit but open up a, another restaurant and grow my business and get up every day and get dressed and you know it being a human yeah. while growing your business and not trying to be like this superhuman that is unobtainable but just being really honest of like okay on the life side this is also what you could be doing and Definitely. you can have a cool brand have a sustainable business make money pay your bills doing what you love and be really proud of the impact that you're making. Yeah, definitely. So I'm gonna go through all that good stuff. Yeah, that's really exciting. I think that'll be really useful for this community because I know we have a lot of um, up and coming, like pioneers, change yes. makers, small business owners who are really looking to sustainably grow and just be more conscious conscious of you know what their business practices are. Yes, definitely. Yes, and I'm learning a lot, especially through the restaurant on just creating structure for a business that is doing very well. So I like learning about that and then how to scale it down to a one-person shop, small business, mm -hmm. and how they could implement that structure to help them grow as well. Definitely. That's yeah. Cool. So I want to transition a little bit. Sure. So um, for any women who are looking to start their own business or start a, a new um, project, I guess, what advice would you give to them? I would say get clear on what type of impact you want to make. Get clear on the impact you want to make and then reverse engineer from there. Mm -hmm. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to focus your time on? What are you willing to give up? Yeah. What are you willing to cut back on? Um, and just get clear with yourself. Everyone's answers will be different. And that's why I love creating businesses really from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not right on the inside with what you're doing on the outside, it's not going to be sustainable. It will be successful probably for the short run, but long term it's never gonna work and it's not gonna feel good. And you're gonna hate waking up in the morning working on your business where you gave up maybe a nine to five job to have your own business, but you feel the same way. So really just tuning in with yourself. Like what is the impact you really wanna make? Why are you doing it? Um, what really lights you up in the business? Um, 
what are you really good at? What are things that you're not really good at? Seeing maybe where you could partner or outsource stuff to. And also being ready to work and, yeah. and spend some nights up working on stuff and being eager to learn new things and being open-minded to what is possible and also open-minded to things that you'll have to do to make it happen. Um, I think women in particular are awesome business owners because we are able to do a lot at once. We're able to juggle a lot of things. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we're very in tune with our intuition, I think, more by nature. or We have more conversations about it. Mm-hmm. Not that men are non-intuitive, but I think we have more conversations now around being a woman and being more in tune with yourself. So For sure. I think um, anyone who's living more consciously or tuning in, I think plugging into then the business world if they really want to and do the work and learning all that good stuff they can do amazing things and I've seen it I have friends who are doing amazing things or just people that I admire who I see their brands growing and how they got started I'm like damn like anything is possible yeah and so and opening people's minds to that that it is possible and uh, yeah just buckling down also and getting focused so that you can do it yeah I love that. I think there's a really important key messages in that. And I think this, again, I'm, I'm very in love with Las Vegas. So I yeah. really think this community allows us to harbor that and allow us to take the time to create our own businesses as a woman entrepreneur. So Yeah, we have so many cool opportunities. I'm yeah. so grateful for Las Vegas, especially downtown Las Vegas. Like this is really where I had my big breakthrough and where I'm able to be a small business owner and make money be able to live on my own right <laughs> without like 30 roommates <laughs> and goal. yeah and buy like I bought breakfast this morning from public us and it's really good quality stuff and like be able to I went on a trip to San Francisco and I'm like holy shit like I made it you know like yeah. <laughs> that's all I've ever really wanted like have a cool place to live making money doing what I love being able to go out to eat go on a cool trip cool I have a little bit of money in my savings account that I'll be growing I'm in like I'm cool like honest (laughs) to god that's all I ever really wanted so and you know that looks different for everyone of like what making it is yeah sure for me that was like I made it cool yeah done able to do what I love pay the bills live in a cool house go on a trip when I want make my own rules structure my business how I want like Got it. Got it. Done. That's awesome. And now I'm just like creating from here. Yeah. So that feels really good. For sure. I don't even know if that was your question. But no, <laughs> no, 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 definitely. Uh, yeah, it's just something that I realized the other day of like that was really what I was setting out to do and now I'm doing it and like allowing myself to feel like, okay, just be really present, be grounded in where you are and um create good things from here like you don't have to prove yourself anymore you don't have to have a chip on your shoulder anymore like you are now just doing cool things that you think people would really dig to see and go okay going back to the las vegas market and especially downtown 
the cost of entry to this market is still very affordable for a startup, for Definitely. someone to experiment. Yeah. And even beyond that, the community is so eager to welcome more people in. So like plugging into a pop-up shop at Sister House Collective or doing a pop-up shop at Veg Nation, um, Ferguson's, Market in the Alley, and other things that um, I know are happening. Like there's, there's all these cool things to get started. It's just about showing up, following through, being professional, um, having your act together personally so you can deliver on what you're saying. Like it's all there. And it, it's a really cool, cool space to uh, be living in. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, I think the most beautiful thing about this community, coming from the East Coast as yeah. well, people care about what you're doing, and they want to hear how, what you're doing, why they like, they want to collaborate with you, they want to make this community better. So I mm -hmm. think that's that's just so special here. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, me too. So as we start to wrap up, um, what are some of your goals for uh, 2018? Goals for 2018, my biggest thing in 2018 is my own well-being. Um, last year, again, it kicked me in the ass. It was amazing, but it was really challenging. And there were times when I was working so much that I literally couldn't get out of bed. And so I'm like, well, I'm not of service to anyone. Like I did over 150 events last year. Wow. Which is just crazy. That's a lot. Which <laughs> is crazy. But um, so my main thing for 2018 is really vibing with my own well-being. Then secondly is just being really fucking good at my craft. Like not trying to be the best creative director there ever was, but just for my own craft. Like learning as much as I can and working on my craft and looking at new things in social media and tech and social impact and just all the things that make my craft mine and just really being in it and like living, breathing, sleeping it yeah. even more. And so I'm really excited about that. And then um, the third thing is growing, like being a living, breathing example of a socially conscious business and what that looks like, working with the community, making an impact, um, just really doing it to the next level. So all the things that I mapped out for With Brave Company, fully completing it, showing people that it is possible, and then everything that I, I learn, I create, I deliver, I launch, I sell, then taking it back and teaching others on how to do it. So getting into this cool groove with my business that um, I'm doing all these cool things, but then I'm also teaching and empowering other people on how to do it too. So, the, and you know, in that business is making that impact. So those are my three things. The I year. love that. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So um, to wrap up, I asked every guest three questions. Okay. So as we talked about a little bit before we actually start recording, my personal mission with Socialista is to show people that there is a tight-knit community here and it's not just what you see on TV and the party and all that. So for people who are outsiders um, or just tourists, what would you want to say to them? Mm. Wait, before I answer that, can yeah. I ask you a quick question? Yeah. What are your three things for the year? So... That, I, I've been thinking about this a little bit more. Because I like all the things that you're doing. Yeah. I'm just really curious. My big thing is just harboring good relationships mm. and harboring those relationships to 
as you are doing, do something good for the community. Because um, honestly, before I moved here, again, East Coast, you kind of have those blinders on where it's just you and yeah. you kind of don't care about anybody else. And like New York City, you don't look at anybody and that sort yeah. of thing. So I really want to work on something like this podcast where I can be able to talk to more people and be a resource and I don't know, just be involved more in this community because I truly, truly love it. And I've only been here a year, but like this feels like home for me. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you got the pins on and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The Ferguson's pin. I love it. Okay, cool. I was just curious because I, I really do love all the things that you're doing and the questions and I always like to know where someone's at as well. Thank you. I love it. Yeah, cool. I appreciate that. I mean, definitely um, another big one is just working on um, myself a little bit, being able to, as you were kind of saying, making sure you're waking up in the day and like you're being, you're like ready to go. Like you're already good with yourself enough where you can start giving back to others. So I think that's another, just a personal mission of mine that I'm like, okay, I need to like, if I need to meditate and like get in my zone and then like get Like tuning in. into yourself more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's something that we'll always have to check in on, especially yeah. as you grow your business, as you grow your podcast, as you meet more people, because there's just going to be more and more and more and more energy. Yeah. So making sure you take that time to tune in. Also, I just want to give a shout out. Um, we're doing at Vegination right now the 14-day Vegination Challenge. Yes. Yeah, Actually, that. this might be already done by the time this posts, but that's okay. They could email me and I'll send them the challenge. Cool. Okay. So every day, it's a small thing that you could do to feel damn good in 2018. And I'm curating it. And I, honestly, it's all the stuff that I've been working on or yeah. thinking about of doing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you just have to go on the email list. Um, you could go to bit.ly slash join the 14-day vegination challenge. I'll send you the link. Yes, sign me um, up. <laughs> I will. And it's just all little small things you could do every day. And it's basically that intention of, like, tuning into yourself, taking care of yourself so you could do all these cool things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm really stoked that that's now part of our conversation. Being in business, branding, all this good stuff, like, that's so vital that that's the, that's the core of all of this stuff. So sure. we're doing that now. And it's honestly too, to keep myself accountable. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I can do all these cool, crazy ideas that I have, but I'm like, okay, no, we're all going to do it together. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm definitely going to check you that out. Yeah. And, um, if we have links, definitely get I more will. people and listeners. I'll up. send it to you. But back to your question. Yeah. <laughs> good. People that are coming to Vegas, I would say be curious of things that are going on downtown. Yes. <laughs> I could just, uh, uh, yeah, I'll like, just like leave it at that. Just be curious of things going on downtown. Like, just take a walk down Fremont, take a walk down Carson, put on your creative thinking cap. When you see an abandoned building, think about what could be there. Think about maybe a project you've been working on that you may want to plug into um, Las Vegas. Um, maybe you know of someone that's had an idea to do a project and has some money, but they've been looking for a cool community to plug into. Let them know what's going on. Like, I, I think it's just a, a sense of perspective. Some people could come down here and be like, well, what the hell is going on? It's kind of like mishmashy, like something's here and then abandoned buildings, but mm -hmm. have this curiosity of things going on and then also then what's possible and seeing what you could do to add to it maybe 
even not you personally, but someone that you know, just getting the word out there, there's something cool going on. Um, not to blow it up too much, because then, like, prices will go up too crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not trying to make it, like, New York City. Only if they're really special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, just having this curiosity and this wonder of, like, what's happening and take a walk yeah. down Fremont from, oh. like, public us and walk all the way down to the Fremont experience. Make sure you turn the corner on Carson and 7th to go to Vegination. Yes. But, um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you could just get a sense of what's going on, and it's really cool. Yeah, I love that. So, um, second question, where are some of your favorite places to go, hang out? Yeah, so, mostly everything's downtown, because I also live yeah. downtown. Um, I've been downtown now for three years. Okay. So, um, and I don't drive. I still, like... I just don't like driving, and it's coming from New York, too. Yeah. I just hate it. <laughs> so I like to walk everywhere. So, like, I'm just thinking of, like, my day-to-day. Like, Public Us, I love um, breakfast and lunch there and coffee. Then, obviously, Sister House Collective, where we are now, which the space will be changing in the future, but hopefully it will stay downtown for all conscious lifestyle goods and shop yeah. and workshops. Um, I love Writer's Block bookstore yes um ferguson's is gonna be really epic right now i'm living in a tiny home you're there there. too yeah i record over there sometimes okay cool well i'm there awesome um living in a tiny home and what's gonna be happening in the front is really cool the market in the alley that's gonna be really that is really cool the record shop is awesome 11th street Street. yes Yes. (laughs) um and then i just love walking past all of like the cool funky art I love Bronze Cafe in the Market. I, I haven't tried that yeah, one. Yeah, the um, Business David Special. It's a salad, and it's just, like, magic. It's so good. It's, okay. like, quinoa and kale and curried chickpeas and almonds. It's just, like, you feel healthy when you eat it. Yeah. Beets and carrots. It's just so good. All my stuff, too, is based off of food for the most part. But <laughs> And then, of course, Vegination. And then um, I also love... Vesta Coffee in the Arts Factory. Yeah. Um, well, the Arts Area, Makers and Finders. Um, what else? Yeah. It's it's starting to spread out, but those are, like, my main spots that I love. Yeah. I think if I forgot any. But, yeah, those are all, like, my main, my main places. Yeah. Everyone needs to start taking notes. I know every time I do a podcast and I ask that question, I'm like, I need a notepad so I can just write everything down because yeah. I'm still discovering things around here and where to eat and that sort of thing. But All of my stuff is based off of food, if they have good vegan food, mm-hmm. and then conscious products. Yeah. And really, the community, how engaged they are in the community. Definitely. So I always love to support small businesses and uh, people that I know are really out to make this a better space and place to live. Um, those are all the places that I like to vote with my dollars and support. Yeah, that's really important. Yes. So, Kelly, where can people find you? So, I hang out a lot on social media. I love Instagram. That's yes. my spot. <laughs> so, it's at with Kelly Bennett. And then my website is withbravecompany.com. Um, you could also follow Vegination at Vegination Everywhere uh, for some delicious food stuff. And yeah, that's where they can find me. I love it. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to sit down with you today. And thank you. Yeah, of course. You are beautiful in every way. And every day you should feel that way. 
in the mirror finding ten thousand errors but nobody said that art is perfect our imperfections are what make us perfect so why do we go around trying to be like everybody else so what's the perfect is more about purpose believing in who you are society makes us believe that tv is what we should be but beauty is what lies inside our imperfections are what make us perfect so why do we go around trying to be like everybody else so what's the perfect it's more about purpose believing in who you are just keep your head up there's no need to worry this won't end the story your flaws don't mean a thing you're still perfect in every way you are who you are just keep your head up there's no need to worry this won't end the story your flaws don't mean a thing you're still perfect in every way our imperfections are what make us perfect so why do we go around trying to be like everybody else so what's the perfect it's more about purpose believing in who you are you were just listening to imperfections by kiara brown you can find this song on itunes as well as many other beautiful singles that she has you can also find her on facebook and instagram at kiara music with a k she also has a website it's www.kiaramusicwithak.com please make sure you go support our local artists we really love when you do that i'd also love to say thank you so much to kelly for our conversation today kelly is such a wonderful human being she's so full of life and compassion for the people around her so i really appreciate having this wonderful conversation with her um she does have some links where you can go follow so make sure to go follow her on instagram at with kelly bennett and at with brave company you can also follow along on vegination since kelly is a creative director so you get to see her beautiful face on there almost every day um, you can also go to Facebook slash with Kelly Bennett um, and bravecompany.com. She's on Snapchat, Twitter. We'll have all that linked below. Kelly is also working on something cool for you guys. So Kelly and founder of Sister House Collective, Ashley, are launching the workshop downtown this spring, which is going to be teaching you how to start and sustainably grow your business. We talked all about that in our conversation today on our podcast. So if you're interested, um, there is going to be some links below for email reminders and definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. Lastly, I would like to say thank you so much to Sister House Collective for the space to record, Chop 808 for the theme music, and Abby Paulus for the graphic art. Follow along by subscribing on iTunes and following Socialista on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Join me next Friday for a powerful conversation with Gene Munson.